Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8 p.m. on January 24th, so thanks for tuning in again, or if you're new, hey, welcome. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of MarriageMillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. Now, to put things in my real time, the blog is in a strategically single phase. What this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I'm not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the combo going with me at the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This, as well as every other podcast ever, is going to be posted on the site marriagefamillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page backslash MF Millennials. Um, my Twitter and IG handle is at Rochelle Ham, so it's going to be R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Um, also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. All you got to do is just type in Marriage Millennials in the iTunes um, podcast search bar and it will pop up. Next, in regards to the MFM shop, Dating Detox course is available, but it's only for my email subscribers. So if you'd like to get the Dating Detox, um, teaching you how to be strategically single in four steps, um, ditching the dating game and creating your single strategy, you're going to have to sign up on the site um, to get that. But if you don't want to, the Journey to Abstinence course and the Marriage for Millennials cookbook are available to the public. The Journey to Abstinence course and every other course is free. And the Marriage for Millennials cookbook is um, available at cost for purchase. So keep that in mind. Some of these items are free and there are more items to come sooner than you think. You guys know I'm always up to something. So um, be on the lookout for that. So thank you for all of your present and future support. Lastly, finally, um, the day before yesterday, Monday, the first Marriage Millennials event was announced. Um, Strategically Single is will be taking place um, next month, Saturday, February 11th at 7 p.m. Um, depending on how it goes, I'm hoping to make this an annual event and have different speakers every time, um, making it a more, I guess, fun and grand event as the years go by. Um, so this event is in light of Valentine's Day that's coming up. You know, while love is great, for singles, there's kind of an indirect message that says you are inadequate because you're single, because um, you're not taking part in Valentine's Day festivities. And, you know, you ever get that what about me feeling? You know, ever feel like the forgotten one? Well, yeah, I mean, I truly believe that while marriage is God's way is a season to come, you know, singleness is not a waiting room for marriage. You know, there's so much stuff for us to do. Okay, so Basically, Strategically Single 2017 is a Valentine's Day alternative event in the metro Atlanta area for you to uh, pretty much dress to impress, mingle with other Christian single women, and just to remind yourself of the beauty of your season. Um, I've teamed up with two ladies, Amanda Ross of Hello Miss Ross and Jasmine Height of um, Queens Mentoring Incorporated. Two amazing ladies that I reached out to and have been following for some time that have some really good content copy. Um, so join us for some music, activities, food, and fun. Um, we've been playing this for a good bit, and we have some really cool things for you guys. Um, this event is free, but registration is mandatory, just so that we know how much food we need. Um, everyone who registers, they it, they will get a meal, a mocktail, and a gift. So we just want to know how much we need to um, purchase. And um, registration will be open until February the 8th. That is the last day to register. 
In regards to the event, we also have about six vendor spots available for you to sell products. Um, so um, if you're looking to sell some products, you get to keep 100% of the, pro um, the profits. Um, go on to the site that I'm going to announce to you in a second. Um, we're also looking for talent. A funny moderator, another photographer, videographer, and some volunteers to help out with the event. Um, so for all questions, inquiries to vendor or volunteer, you can head to the site um, or to register and to inquire. And the site is www.marriageformillennials.com backslash strategically dash single. So you can go on that site to apply to be a vendor, a volunteer, register for the event. And if you have any additional questions, uh, feel free to email me at hello at marishmillennials.com. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. All right. Hey, guys, um, I hope your week was a good one. I mean, did you guys like last week's podcast? Uh, I mean, Sam and I, we had such a great time recording it for you guys. Um, we really had fun. So if you guys want us to do more podcasts together or if you have any topics that you would like to be addressed, um, just shoot over an email to the email I said earlier, hello at marishmillennials.com. Um, and, yeah, we'll, I'll be able to try to touch base on those for you. Well, including this podcast, we have um, about three podcasts to go in the nine-part series. This is going to be the seventh installment to the series, and today we're going to address the Matthew verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Um, I was actually going to do another topic today, but um, a friend of mine sent me a text about this recently, so I wanted to touch on it, um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about I just couldn't really develop it as much as I wanted to, as good as I wanted to, too. So, and this is kind of full perfectly, so I'm just going to go with it. Um, now, this was a part of Jesus' sermon on the Mount. Um, and although this verse is a part of the Beatitudes in chapter 5, verse 9, um, further down, verses 43 of chapter 5 through 48 elaborates on this. So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and follow me, Matthew 5, verses 43 to 48. It reads, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do, you, do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You must therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So yeah, man, have you ever felt like you were always the one mending things or being the example for others? Um, like, you know, maybe some of your friendships or relationships wouldn't be friendships or relationships if you stopped being the captain of the ship, you know, driving the ship. You know, is it hard to want to bring peace with your enemies? You know, as women, we want to feel protected, even in our friendships. Um, we want to know that the love is mutual, <laughs> that the friendship is solid. And once we feel like we're not being protected, we can be really resentful. And we don't really like being the peacemakers. And I'll just be honest, coming from me, <laughs> you know, um, that's something I'm really, 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 really sh struggling with in a sense. Because I think as women, I guess the way I feel is that I... I'm such a good person to you, so how dare you mistreat me? Even though that is such a bad thing to say, that's how I think. And then I just 
become like mama bear of myself and I don't want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you and I don't want to make peace with you, you know? And I think other women are the same. So, you know, don't worry. You're not alone. I felt that way too. And to be honest, I still feel that way towards some people. Some situations just take more time than others. Um, But, you know, with that being said, I'm still working on it. But for the most part, I've developed a more biblical perspective that I've been applying to my life. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. Um, Not only will this help you in your friendships, but it'll also help you in your future courtship and marriage as well. All right. So let's just get right into it. Grace. Grace is the first point I want to talk about today. I'm going to talk about this one first because it is the most important It is the most biblical, and it is the one that makes the most sense if you are a Christian. You know, oftentimes when any relationship seems one-sided to us, it may even be one-sided, but we are still being selfish in our thoughts, believe it or not. God wants us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? That is his command. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, weighing our thoughts to God's commands, ask yourself, who are you and what do you deserve? So I'm going to go ahead and break down both of those questions, right? So again, I asked the question, who are you? I'm sure there are many answers that are coming to your head even now. Here's the answer, though. If you are a Christian, then you know that you are a sinner, (laughs) that's who you are. You're a sinner saved by grace and grace is what has been given to you by God every single day, even for the sins we don't even know we are committing. So with that knowledge, who are you to be so arrogant that you refuse to give others the same grace you get daily? Right? The Bible teaches that you will know them by their fruit. The love you have for Christ should trickle down onto how you genuinely treat others, even your enemies or your friends who you feel can do better. Let's read verses 46 through 47 again. It reads, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than the others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? The thing I love about um, the Bible is that there's such a call to action. Like you think the bar is set so high. Like you think you got it. And then you read a verse and you're just like, "Eh, false alarm. I don't have any. I don't have anything. (laughs) Psych, right? So yeah, God says here that showing love to those, to only those who show love to you is nothing to brag about. Don't the tax collectors do the same? The tax collectors back then were the people that nobody really liked because they conned everybody out for their money. So if even those considered evil could do it, then you doing it is nothing to boast about. Right? You only loving the people who love you. You only being, um, you know, graceful to your friends, your clique, your posse. That ain't nothing to brag about. God says, I'm going to set the bar even higher. I want you to do that to your enemies, to the people who you feel are trying to persecute you, to the people who you're not fond of. And that's deep because I'm not going to lie, ladies, that's not the easiest thing for me to do. So to the second question, I ask again, what do you deserve? Right? 
a lot of the times when I see people talk about Christianity or Jesus, it's always in this genie in a bottle, just rub on him and, you know, call out his name. You'll get anything you want, the house, the car, the money, or it's just some hippie guy on opium that just loves everything in every kind of way. You know, don't judge anybody. God loves us all, you know, just in a bed of flowers. Basically, that's how they point make they make Jesus out to be and you know while I do agree that Jesus loves his elect people Jesus died to save us from our sins okay (laughs) what you know what that means he saved you from God's wrath hell (laughs) we're not talking about that though right people tend to forget that so what do you deserve you know what you deserve Hate to break it to you, but you and I, we deserve, we deserve total damnation, <laughs> okay? So remember that as you try to give total damnation to others and then try to use grace instead. Second point, run to instead of run away. Own who you are and who God wants you to be. I remember feeling like I always had to be the one to make things right, you know, in my family, in my friendships, with my enemies, etc. Every single time, (laughs) okay? And it got to a point where I was just kind of like, you know what? If you're not going to reach out to me, I'm not going to reach out to you. If you don't care, then I don't care, right? Then I would find another situation in which the same thing would happen. I would feel unappreciated and then I would back away. I would, and then it got to a point where I would just kind of be angry with God. And I kind of just think, why does it always have to be me? Like, why do I have to always be the one to make things right? You know what, God? I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm done. I'm not doing it. I'm straight on it. Right? And one day I shared my feelings with a mentor of mine and with my court mate as well. And both of who are friends, they actually actually introduced us together. (laughs) So, hey. (laughs) But yeah, both of them said to me, why are you upset that you have to be the example, Rochelle? Why are you upset that you are just more spiritually mature? And even after they told me this, I still couldn't see where they were coming from. And I still felt like as though they couldn't see where I was coming from either. But one day it clicked. Maybe this is God's will for me, right? Maybe this is his test for me to become better. And from that day forward, I decided to run headfirst into God's will for my life instead of running away. You know what, God? If you want me to be the peacemaker, that's what I'm going to be. It's not going to be easy every time, but I'm not going to run from it and I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to do my best and just get better as the days progress. I still fail at times and it's not easy 100% of the time because I'm human and my flesh is real. But I look at things a lot different now. So I'm going to go ahead and encourage you guys to do the same. When you are faced with a situation where you feel like you always have to be the peacemaker, if that keeps happening to you, or even if it doesn't happen to you very often, um, run headfirst to it instead of running away. Be the example. Be the spiritually, the more spiritually mature person. Three. Voice your concerns and take a break if you need to. With both of those things being said previously, make your concerns known to your friends or whatever relationship that is kind of struggling and take a break if you need to, you know, especially if the actions of the people in the relationship with you are not of God. 
or they're not doing godly things. I won't say not of God. For example, you may need to take a step back for a while from friendship that contain gossip and slander. You may need to take a step back if you think that your anger cannot be contained. Trust me, I have been there, okay? I have been there. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just need to take a break. I just need to breathe because I don't know who I'm going to be around you and I don't want to get out of my character. Uh, You may have to walk into a room of people and just speak to who you need to speak to and keep it moving. Do a general hello. It's not the best thing to do. It's not. But for the time being, until you heal, it's better than letting your anger control you and things turning physical or even worse. Right? Now, after doing this, you know, if your friend is an unbeliever, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make on whether or not you want to continue that friendship or not. But if your friend is a Christian, have a heart that is open to reconciliation. All right. Now, four. Last one. People know who they are. For the most part, people know when they have wronged you. I used to always be like, well, they're not saying anything to me. They're not apologizing. Do they know? I need to let them know. They need to know what they did to me. That I would say this. Sam would say it when he was younger. We joke about it all the time, right? It's like just trying to defend your honor. That's what we do as, as, as people, right? But people know when they have wronged you. And so do their friends. And so do their significant others. And so, do, so does everyone involved in the situation. How do I know that? Because I know when I've dropped the ball in a relationship. I know when I could have done better. I know when I could have said something better. I know when my actions could have been better. And everybody knows. They know. Just because they are not spiritually mature enough to confess, repent, and ask for forgiveness does not mean that they do not know who they are. It does not mean that their friends don't know who they are. And it definitely doesn't mean that their spouse does not know who they married. Hello? Now, with that being said, it's not your job to try and convince them of who they are. At the end of the day, we all have to take our makeup off and look in the mirror and face our inner selves. So we know who we are. We know what our flaws are. and We know where we can do better in life. So don't let the desire to become a teacher stop you from being taught by God himself. All right. Well, that's short and sweet. That's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Remember, this is going to be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Or you can visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. My Twitter and IG handle, again, is at Rochelle Ham. That's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M. Also, feel free to talk with me there as well. The podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe to the podcast so that you won't miss a beat. Just type in Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar for podcasts and it will turn up. Um, it'll pop up for you. Just another reminder, the first Marriage Millennial Strategically Single event will be taking place next month, Saturday, February 11th at 7 p.m. Once you register, the location will be told to you, but there is a general gist of where it will be just so that you can kind of know how far to travel. This is the event that Sam almost slipped, you, slipped up and told you guys on the last podcast. So, yeah, this is it. Again, the event is free, but registration is mandatory. The last day to register will be February 8th. We have six vendor spots available. Um, People are signing up and we have um, 
a vendor already that um, is interested. So if you are interested in selling your selling your products, again, you get to keep 100% of your pro profit. Feel free to go on that site, um, marriagemillennials.com backslash strategically dash single and fill out the application there. Um, we're also looking for talent, moderator, videographer, and volunteers. So um, go ahead and go on that site as well and you'll be able to apply there and somebody from the strategically single team will contact you. All right. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for. The first thing being that you are alive. Stay Christ crazy. Love you, ladies. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Rochelle here. Coming to you with another PSA, a public service announcement. Just wanted to give props to the music on this podcast. The first song you hear is from Myron Butler, and it is called Set Me Free. And that's my jam. And the second song you're listening to is called Drowning by KB. Um, I encourage you guys to listen to the songs, and if you love them enough like I do, purchase them. So thank you for supporting Christian content creators. See you next time.